Welcome to Robot Kraken, where Chris of Deeply Dapper and Tom of Third Rail Design Lab talk about movies, shows, comics, entertainment news, beverages, and general miscellany. Miscellany? Miscellany. By by show 100, we should have it worked out as to how that's pronounced. <laughs> and certainly by show 300, 333. Yeah, by then we we'll, shut it down. We'll be in hologram <laughs> mode. <laughs> There will be no longer be miscellany. It will be all uh, donut talk by then. Donut talk. Realistically, you know by show just... 333, we'll probably be talking about what your daily meds are and how the nurse abused you in the... <laughs> just depends on the nurse. Hey, you know, I just realized by 333 episodes, uh, my hologram, my like virtual me will be talking with your virtual you and it'll just do itself that's right it'll be like like two two ais in a box you know and then let's play video games or something run program run program (laughs) hello lawnmower man tom kiara monday (laughs) you've seen those right like where they they've uh i've seen that on boing boing they've they've got audit like um you know, they're not AI, obviously, but simulated mm-hmm. simulated programs of people that have been trained to respond in certain ways, and then they haven't talked to each other, <laughs> right and then on. they just and then they just kind of devolve into like the strangest conversations. <laughs> That's awesome. I understand what you're saying, and I agree with it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it's really weird. You combine that with how Google Dreams or whatever that that horseshit is. Oh maybe. yeah. Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> Ow. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna slap myself every time I cuss. <laughs> We may be sailors, but I don't want to cuss like one. My kids are in the car, and let me tell you, they don't hear they don't hear swearing at all unless it's this recording. Do I have to pretend like my mom's in the room back in the corner? No, no, you, no, you can swear, but I'll just. <laughs> They're I'll like, no, no, we're okay with Chris being a potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I have a question. What is that, Tom? Well. Since I asked you while you had your glass up to your mouth, I'm I'm curious if we should start the sucking the monkey section of this. Let's, let's do that. Let's move on to sucking the monkey, Tom. What is sucking the monkey? What does that mean, Chris? Because this is only episode mm, six. 74. So, 74. <laughs> <laughs> I've recorded some shit while you were gone. <laughs> oh, who knew? <laughs> it's just me reading books aloud. <laughs> <laughs> Close the printer jam cover. Yes. So um, <laughs> let's do a check of rations. Yes. What are you drinking? I am drinking a concoction called the Sea Wench, which is a one-to-one ratio of Captain Morgan's Parrot Bay Coconut Rum and Jones Berry Lemonade Soda, which is a lovely shade of okay. mutagen blue. <laughs> uh-huh. Mutagen blue. I was wondering why every time you held it up. So uh, oh. since no one can see you, no one can see you, I have to I have to set the scene. The scene you, you're fully illuminated by like a single task light <laughs> straight into your face, and then you have a jet black background in your in your thing. And so every time you hold that drink up, it's it's like a early, season one of Deep Space Nine, <laughs> complete with bad prosthetics. This is my Romulan ale night here. <laughs> yes. yes. 
polypeptide cake. Delicious. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you drinking, What's my that? What am friend? I, what am I drinking? Yes. I'll tell, I'll tell you. Uh, I'm, I'm having a delicious margarita. Oh, my. I'm having it with... Uh, not the best, not the best concoction that I could do. Like I used a mix. Just, oh, like just like one right. of those ones that comes in a bucket. <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Tom. Yeah, the uh, yeah, because because the thing is, I have the ingredients to make one properly, but uh, obviously with the constraints of the evening, I didn't have time to do that. So I just right. threw the stuff together and put some salt. In. Here we go. There you but go. But it's delicious all the same. Good show. What what kind of glass yeah. do you have it in? Do you have it in a margarita glass? I don't. I have it in a. I have it. I have it in a, a big uh, highball um, glass. But it's one of my favorites because these. There were six. Now there's two of them, but they have slight divots for holding them. Right. They're slightly drunk proof. Oh right? yeah, I do like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? You but, should be uh, drinking that in. You should be drinking it in your own robot Kraken flask. A robot dash Kraken. Yes. Flask. Where could we get such a thing? If only well, we right had a merch now, store. Nowhere. <laughs> but soon. <laughs> at, the en- at the end of this or the next or the next one, depending on how this gets cut and we hear about your your next con, uh, everyone can just all, – all seven listeners can just race right over to where you will be and buy it there. Indeed. Well, and hopefully we'll have our, our swag shop open fairly soon and they can pick it up there. Although I wouldn't recommend drinking a margarita out of a flask, generally speaking. <laughs> it would be really nasty. And it would never be anything but that, right? Right. No matter, I mean, it would be so uh, clean, um, cleaning proof that you just pour, you know, whatever uh, pure grain spirits in. Right. And, and it would still taste like that. <laughs> I don't even know what a pure grain spirit is. Pure grain like spirit. A, Something made by virgins, I assume. <laughs> That sounds moonshine, virgin moonshine. This is going to be a wacky, wacky podcast or two or three because you're tired and you have and you have injuries and you're on medication, right? Yes. And And you are ancient and (laughs) (laughs) 40 years old, I can still punch and kick. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right. So my back's broken and. And, uh, and and I can't see straight. That's okay. It's perfect. It's perfect timing for a podcast. That's, that's how most it. of our podcasts should be. <laughs> that's pretty much true. So I want to know this, Chris. I want to know what's been going on in the world today. What exciting news topics can we talk about since our last podcast, which was like three weeks ago? So right. that's like 600 news items that have happened in the genre sort of nerd world, right? Yeah, I like would every say – day there's 10 things. I would say that there are probably close to that many, if not more. But the easily the largest one that is of any kind of relevance now has got to be Marvel. <laughs> did you see? I I put it on our on our site, but did you see that um, Mark Millar? I mean, it was obviously just a fan, a quick fan tweet. You know, he wasn't really thinking about it, but he was like, "Gotta say, you know, the Batman versus Superman trailer is." Totally killing it over Marvel right now, over Civil War. I mean, waiting to see Batman jump off a plane like a diving board and whatever since I was a kid. No, you weren't. But right. that's what he wrote. Right. And, you know, he's 
you know, obviously he has something very personal to do with Civil War. It's like, what are you doing? You yeah, know? he has a bit of a vested a, interest, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, but it was but it was so strange that he would make that comment because you know we've seen, particularly from the Marvel side, we've seen people say in in the media like, well, I'm excited for that, you know, the Man of Steel movie when it's coming out, or like, oh, my favorite superhero movie is Dark Knight. Right. right? We hear that, but for them to be <clears throat> dueling dueling trailers, and clearly, I mean, clearly. The, the BVS trailers have been fairly garbage, right? Yeah. And the war trailers have been all excellent. Right? Yeah, they really have. So to say it, it read very disingenuous, even though what I think was happening was he was just writing off the cuff about his fan thrill of seeing a Batman on screen for the first time that looked like he imagined it, which right. which I think we can all agree is is enough of a positive on that film that they've changed the the course of the marketing to make it a Batman movie with Superman in it versus right. They're like Superman's Superman not actually Batman. interesting. Newsflash. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, yeah, Civil War. Okay, so you know I was trying not to watch this trailer. I had big plans not to watch it. Yeah, you failed miserably. And, well, yeah, even that morning, you you uh, you 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 sent me a message like you know you're gonna have a hard time not watching this trailer because it's everywhere, and I was just so tired. I think I've been up all night with one of the kids, and I was just like, well, I'm just going to dive right in. (laughs) And I'm glad I did, because I have to tell you, that trailer really depends on that first viewing. It really really does. And and I know we'll talk more. I think we'll have a general uh, spoilers at the second half or whatever, second something, or some later quadrant of our podcasting. But (laughs) I, I don't even think this counts as a spoiler anymore, because this is precisely my concern. The end scene of that trailer is on everybody's oh, it's Facebook, everywhere. Everybody's Twitter. It's on news sites. It's on general mainstream news sites. They just screen cap that and throw right. it up there so that no one could possibly. I mean, everyone who'd been paying attention knew Spider Man was in the movie, and maybe that's the problem. Yeah, that the mainstream didn't know that, and so they got excited about it. But it's it's there, Spider Man, right there, and so you know. Yeah, they they saved it for the end of the trailer and make it a, kind of a fun little spoiler tease, and immediately every single website in the known universe has that picture up. <laughs> I you know I loved it to death, and and if I had any complaints about the trailer, it's that I didn't want the sh- them to show him. Like I yeah. I thought after, after the after the squee right. I was like, you know, had they just had him, the the web come and snatch the, snatch the shield, but you don't see him, right. but you know it's, him, and you see the web, and they cut, and maybe they cut to it like maybe just a black with the isolates or I don't know something, yeah, just a tease, not enough to show it to you. Yeah, I would have um, actually been totally think, okay with that. But everything we saw was great. Yeah, I love. Yeah, that. yeah. My only real major complaint with the costume for the new show is that weird black line just below the red of the boot. It looks yeah. really odd. But um, I'll post uh, in probably the next update that we do on the site. I'll post. I found a full shot of the costume. Oh, really? And uh, there's actually black in three three places. There's like a belt. There's a, like a belt line and. There's a couple other things. So interesting. There are some components of the costume that break up the blue and red. Listen, I think I, I know that that seems to draw a little bit from. It seems like it's drawing a little bit from other versions of the, of the Spider-Man suit in the comics. Although right. none that I personally can directly point to. Right. Like I feel like it has some bits from his 
the line, the way the lines break up in mm-hmm. his uh, future foundation black and white costume, right? There's yeah, like, yeah, there's a little bit you know of that. And then there seems to be some from it, it reminds me of not, if not Spider Man 2099, but one of those types of projects where yeah, there was 2099 some... had a lot of that kind of weird breakup to the red in it that actually is very reminiscent of that. What I like about it is that he's very recognizable as Spider Man, and yet it's different, but it's not jarringly different. So, like right. when the Garfield one came out, initially my response was very negative. I was like, why has he got silver shoes on? And what's with the gold <laughs> yeah. lenses? And the colors seemed weird. And I just, it didn't look right to me. But after I watched that movie, it was the one of the two good things about the movie. What? Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That first movie, that was one of the few things that I liked about it was was that costume. Right. Once I warmed up to it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that, that movie. But uh, the the shoes didn't... I didn't love the shoes, but the rest of the suit I thought was pretty solid. Mm. Anyway, so, of course, the money shot of that whole thing is the fact that they gave him those. And I don't know, maybe we should have wikipedia this, but... I don't know if that's really lenticular, but the way the plates slide in and out to change the orifice right. of yeah. the eyes. They're very like, I don't camera-esque, know. actually, the way cameras right. change their, their focal point. And I don't right. know if that will play into the fact that he's a photographer and that kind of thing. That's a good point. I, I would love that, that if that's where their focus is for it. Focus, so to speak? Yeah. So that's a, really good, that's a good point. <laughs> I think it's clearly the stark version of his suit. Like, we've heard he it's runs around in it, but he... And it looks very streamlined, but like it has some tech to it. I don't know. I think it looked fantastic. The eyes completely sold it to me. Like, yeah. I couldn't even believe it. was like the icing on the cake, right? Yeah, it really was. Everything about it was great. It's funny to me, though. I've been reading that there is this criticism about it, that there is some component of the fan base that's complaining. And I have yet to <laughs> hear from them. All I hear from anyone I know is that it's exciting, but that they complain it looked like it was bad CGI. And I'm thinking, well, actually, that was... That was him in the suit. It wasn't CGI. Right, right. The, the only thing that looked play. CGI was the shield in that shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you the thing that I like the most other than the eyes. Here's the guy. Here's a character, through the, through the, except for the gritty 90s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Here's a character that um, pretty much defined the witty, sarcastic, um, lighthearted banter right. as a character, as a defense mechanism in combat, right? Right. And then recently that was done to great effect in the Deadpool movie. Right. Take my word for it. <laughs> but, you know, that that's something that I've... Even when Deadpool pulled it off in that movie, I thought, well, that's how they should have done Spider-Man, right? Where mm-hmm. he's talking, um, you know, he's talking faster and very loose and irreverent and just loony and not as contrived and crafted the way it was in the, in the Spider-Man films. Although the Garfield Spider-Man was the one that was the most believable of... Yeah, yeah, of definitely. Those lines. He had enough confidence in his, you know, in his clearly not a teenager, <laughs> Peter Parker, <laughs> to make it kind of seem like he was co- like actually having fun as Spider-Man and making those comments. But anyway, here, so he, this is a character that's defined by that. And then he says, hey, under whatever. And then he just goes, hey, you know, like, yeah, that so great that you're expecting some crazy line and he's. A little sheepish in front of all these and he's people. Just, he's like diving right he in. He sounds like an actual kid, which I friggin' love. <laughs> there was other things about that trailer that were great, too. I mean, they, they set up in so much as we can get something from trailers, right? But right. they set up the narrative a little bit more. 
Um, I've actually read my interpretation was that that vault that comes out of the ocean, mm-hmm. um, that that was, you know, uh, you know, like way up north and, you know, like like the Arctic Sea or in, you know, so, you know, some very inhospitable place. And right. that was where the the Russians were holding uh, Winter Soldier when he goes to bust him out. Oh, okay. But I've been I've been reading some comments from people that suggested that that's a prison that Stark has made for people who don't com- don't comply with the um with oh, the accords. Interesting. But I think that's a that's playing really heavily on the comic version of Civil War and I don't know. It's kind of hard right. for me to imagine. It, I I can buy the switch where Stark, you know, <laughs> in the movie world uh has decided to be on the side of of the registration. I can I can get that, but uh, I would I would think it would be a stretch to yeah. imagine that he's just jump right into prison building right. right yeah it doesn't seem like something he'd just immediately be like bam it seems like something more along the lines of shield years ago when they found out there were these metahumans be like oh yeah. we need to plan ahead for this shit <laughs> and i feel like in this i haven't reread the civil war um book recently and i'm going to but i feel like the prison that they used was in the negative zone and it was largely reed richards yes. reed richards is help in building it using that sort of fantastical instantly creating itself tech to do it on short notice. Right. Right. So I don't know. Anyways, I I thought it was, it was another great trailer that made me want to see this even more. It showed us a lot more black Panther. Yeah. Um, Which is, and it filled so far my most, that's what I'm most excited about with this movie, which is weird because I've never had a huge attachment to black Panther, but he looks so good in this. They seem to be. I, I, it'll be interesting to see. We've talked about this before. Whether the MCU version of him solves some of that weird, um, it, you know, kit, uh, kitchen sink approach to him in the comics that he's, you know, the richest guy in the world and a super genius inventor, uh, leader of an African nation. You know how they just kind of composited everything together, almost like an apology for uh, '70s Power Man. You know, oh, right. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It seems that way to me. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they tone that down a little bit, but give him something very unique. I do like the idea that they'll play up um, on the fact that he's he's sitting on the on the world's store of vibranium, right? Which, yeah, which by the way, I did recently see the one movie you haven't recently seen, which was Age of Ultron. <laughs> I got to see it relatively sober. And I was delighted that there were some very direct references to Wakanda's vibranium stores, which oh, really? I vaguely remembered the first time I saw the movie, but I didn't fully understand. I didn't nice. retain it the second time. That's anyway, a solid so little touch. I, it is very clear that Black Panther has a tech suit as well. And I think that he looks super cool. And it was yeah. in this trailer we see that he's he's not running away from Cap. He's running towards Bucky on a motorcycle. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was right. solid. Totally changes the perspective of that scene, literally. Yeah. Um, also, I'm still struck by the fact that the most intense moment in every trailer that they've cut is uh, Stark's wide-eyed realization that Bucky's not screwing around. This is life or death. Yes. And he could have just been shot in the fa- shot between the eyes if he got hadn't got the 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 watch gauntlet up in time. Yeah, that scene is so powerful when you look at his expression there when that gun goes off and yeah, that that was just really well done. I was incredibly impressed by that. Yeah. 
This is sort of a side uh, news item. I actually read it an hour ago, so it's fairly current. Maybe it's old now. <laughs> By the time this comes out, very old. But I read that uh, John Bernthal and uh, Tom Holland mm-hmm. were doing a film production called Pilgrimage in Ireland, and they were doing audition tapes of each other and with each other to send to Marvel. Oh, really? Which led to- which apparently led to, supposedly, the way they're describing it, that it was a fairly direct link. It led to John Brinthal being cast as Punisher and Holland being cast as Spider-Man. So they make Interesting. I read this interview where they said, you know, these tapes exist somewhere. It'd probably be impossible to get them out of Marvel, but can you imagine? That would be awesome. Now, I assume that it must have started from one of the two. In the timeline, I assume it's, it's Holland, but that right. one of the two were asked to audition and recruited the other one to help him and then they flipped it up right because right. we assume so we saw that auditions audition stuff that holland posted to his instagram where he's was doing all the flips amazing yeah so anyway i thought that was kind of cool worlds colliding that were in the same world but not really in the yeah that's the pretty cool world. i dig that anyway what else what else is going on what else is going on uh we've got luke cage release date september something ish that's a big deal for me <laughs> That's like one more thing on the calendar now. Right. I can just plan my life around it. Well, we've got six days till Daredevil. And... (laughs) I can't even tell you how much I'm excited about that. We could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. We've got seven hours. So uh, now... (laughs) I almost killed Chris. Drinking his Romulan ale. Oh, the 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 sea witch went down wrong there. <laughs> Even in Skype's low resolution, I saw electric blue splatter just now. <laughs> oh. oh, that burns oh, up the nose, man. <sighs> that was like one of those uh, first person first person view. Um, really excessive uh, <laughs> CGI shots in a movie. Like I saw the inside of your trachea for a split second, impossibly. <laughs> I'm lucky my chair didn't go out from under me as well. <laughs> Close to it. Like it was. Uh, Sorry. <clears throat> we were saying something. I don't remember that's what. That's what we what. call a around here. Right. It's a thing that happened. All right. So, uh, so, Dude, I genuinely don't remember what you were talking about that made me do that. We were. <laughs> I said we had seven hours. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Daredevil. Okay, so since we last uh, talked uh, for these uh, podcasts, we've seen more that's come out leading up to Daredevil, which yeah. I didn't need to see, but they did. And we saw more about the suit confirming the red lenses in the eyes, which is something I'm very pleased about. Yeah, I like that. I still think he has too much. Um, I still think he has too much forehead. There's something going yeah, on there, but yeah, I don't know if if Charlie Cox just has such poofy hair that they had no choice but to do that or what. But I don't know. But but at least the lenses. Uh, I don't know. That starts to work for me. Yeah. And uh, and of course they finally showed uh, Punisher in his full you know spray painted skull chest plate. Really, which is great. I have not yeah. actually seen that. You didn't see that? No, I didn't catch that. You see the picture I posted where he's got a Gatling gun? He's got like a Vulcan cannon you in his You know what's hand? funny is I focused in on the gun on that and didn't even notice that he had the shirt. That's and then, a, that uh, was the a last fail thing, on my part. 
we've shown Electra now that she's in some sort of like uh, you know yeah. black and has like a red one of those mock like a mock turtlenecks, but it's like a big like a big big necked mock turtleneck. Yeah, I don't know how thing. I feel about that particular one. Like it's pulled up over her her face, sort of uh, sort of like the Marvel character Silk. Like it's up right. over her nose in scenes. But again, I don't understand the reason for that. But well, let's just assume it's going to be awesome and, and just <laughs> right because I cannot wait. I have the tickets to to BVS already, and I just you know I I can't wait for Daredevil. I just want to. <laughs> and and my problem is, what am I going to do? I can't freebase it. Right. I can't stay. I, and and sit around all day and watch the whole thing because of my time problems. Because you have a real life with like grown I have time up problems. problems. <laughs> yeah, I've got. That's that's the key. I need to make my time problems work for me. I need a looper situation. <laughs> I need to just come back around and, and <laughs> sacrifice my older self to work, and then my younger self can, or something. I'm not sure how that works. That would so. Work. Yeah. Oh yeah, that does. Yeah. He does have the spray painted shirt. How did I not see that? That's pretty solid. Nice. Oh, the, the the gun. It's like one of the few times, other than uh, Predator, you know, going over. Right. Gonna have you know, me like, some it's, fun. It's, <laughs> one of the few times I've seen someone holding one where it seems convincing, you know. So that's fine. But anyway, so I'm super excited. And also, did you you did actually see all of Jessica Jones, right? I did. Okay, so he was a he was a huge win in that show. He's very charismatic, and he has great chemistry with her. Barenthal. Luke Cage. I'm just jumping right into what we were originally talking about. <laughs> oh, you're going back. We have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate on that. I like that part of Lost. <laughs> Bearded, what's his name? Oh, man, that was great. For some Both reason, every time I hear it now, I hear it in Christopher Lloyd's voice instead of his. <laughs> Marty! Seems like a... We have to go back. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Total alternate <laughs> casting. Someone's like been sucked into the big, uh, mysteriously still working turbine on the on the beach, and then Christopher Lloyd's like, "I'm a dogger." <laughs> my my flux capacitor was in the cargo hold. <laughs> we need something that can go 88 at miles per hour on this island. <laughs> Up rails. That's Volkswagen bus right. is not going to cut it. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Do you think in like a PC re-edit of that movie they'll take out the terrorists or maybe they'll add more terrorists? The Libyans? <laughs> the Libyans? Yeah, the Libyans. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, Luke Cage. So he, I thought he owned a lot. Oh, he Everything was he was phenomenal. I, I think the casting on, on uh, Jessica Jones was amazing. I actually, I, I loved it. I don't know how soon I could rewatch it because it was so intense, but yeah. my my memories of them all uh, are great and uh but i was really impressed because uh with him i can't remember the actor's name quick get your imdaba i was when he was first uh announced and they showed his photo when jessica jones was still in development i was like well you know i don't know he's he didn't he didn't look luke cage-ish enough for me right 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 and boy he owned his it was just like him on a motorcycle mike coulter was sitting on a motorcycle <laughs> right but he just—I mean, I'm so used to the comics making him impossibly big, and there are a lot of impossibly big actors. And I right. thought he'd go that way, but he completely owns it, and he there really is no does. reason for him to be roided out to be Luke Cage, right? No, he, he don't because he's—he's he's pretty naturally strong. He doesn't need rock-sized arms. Yes, yes, and so uh, 
anyway, so anyway, the fact that they have a date for Luke Cage, I'm super stoked about it. Me too. Wait. Yeah, and we it's September something. I don't. I genuinely don't remember what the date is. That's accurate enough for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did you oh, tell me you don't watch Goldbergs? September thirtieth, right? actually. You don't watch the Goldberg. I watched the first season of the Goldbergs, but I haven't caught oh. up on the, the the later ones. One thing I do like is that they just say it's all you know. It was December tenth, nineteen eighty something. I love right? that they like do they that. Know. Actually, yeah, I think it's such it a great way to squish play with together. the format. Yeah, they can have stuff come in from all ends of the decade, and then hold on, know, I have, a, I have an auto play trailer here. Hold on. Okay, there we go. Silence. There we go. Science. That's not acceptable. <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. So Luke Cage getting a date. That's exciting. Yes. It, um, it's always good when you see a, a handsome, charismatic black man getting a date. <laughs> well, we've seen what kind of dates he gets in Jessica Jones. And that's something else. Right. That's that's not basic cable. So <laughs> what else? Ghostbusters. Uh, well, while we were talking about going to have me some fun in the, the rail gun, uh, yes. Apparently, Schwarzenegger has confirmed that he's having a meeting with Shane Black about a possible oh, right. appearance in Predator. Because uh, Schwarzenegger, one thing he does do and do well is go through his back catalog and find every possible thing he could retread after <laughs> he got out of the governor's office. <laughs> right. And I'm not, I'm not hating on it because, yeah. You know, I like him. So well, I'm and yeah, and his roles are iconic enough that having him yeah, in but... there is a little bit of a stamp of approval in this, which I think is cool. Not that this role, this, this movie necessarily needs it, but... This is a slight aside to the aside that wasn't a side to Ghostbusters, but <laughs> uh, I was just talking to uh, our mutual friend Lung about this, that... When those photos came out of Sylvester Stallone, or I don't know if photos are just descriptions, but that mm-hmm. Stallone's been on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and he's holding a script. Right. And it was eventually confirmed that he was going to be in the film. But at the time that came out, I was really frustrated. And, um, you know, the reason was, and the way I put it was that, you know, uh, Kurt Russell, who's mm-hmm. in the film, I think, as uh, Chris Pratt's character's father. That's what's rumored. Um, Star Wars' yeah. father. Yeah, so he's a he's a guy from '80s B movies that has always transcended the material. He when you see a uh, when you see a movie with Kurt Russell in it, you're seeing him playing a character. Oh, absolutely! But so many of the, you know so many of his uh, compatriots at that time, all you know, the whole Expendables thing, all those guys, they were their gimmick in the movies that were, um, you know. They were vehicles for them. So right. when I see them in movies, it's there's no verisimilitude <laughs> associated with it. Right. Right. They played so that, themselves playing themselves in the films. Yeah. And it's like one step beyond what Sean Connery and, and Harrison Ford do where they just they just show up and read their lines and there you go. Right. This is like I'm here <laughs> like uh, Von Damme, you know, like here I am. I got to do the splits no matter what the movie is. So. The drunk splits or whatever it is. Right. So, so when I read St- Stallone was going to be in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, I was disappointed because I thought that's a stunt casting that I cannot, I cannot handle. I agree. As Dennis Haysbert said in uh, Heat, I, it's, it's something I cannot handle. In a hard time in a minute that I cannot handle. Or in, in his case, he could handle it. I can't I forgot handle. that was Haysbert in that. Yeah. For shame. For shame. I'm you sorry. I have not seen Heat 3333 30, times, sir. 
not only do you need to see it again so we can talk about it for seven hours, um, I'll even send you the script book. I'll send you the script book, and I'll send you the the study of the script. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I have them on the bookshelf. They make books on it. So, anyway. So, they said he's going to be a, re, a re, like a raver, 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 a raver pilot. The ravers? <laughs> I think it's re, ravers were the, 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 like the cannibal things in Firefly. And they were the, wasn't the reavers the ones that started the Morlock massacre? Ooh, I, <sighs> I can't remember, honestly. Are you talking There's about the, the, the brood? <laughs> oh. The brood. No. So oh, I want to see the brood on already. a movie so bad. Oh, that would be. That except would be how would you do that? That'd be an They'd have to change it. Oh man, Guardians of the Galaxy could totally do some sort of brood invasion. I think you're right. So we have a reputation now, far and wide on the internet, uh, for being a podcast with no specifics. <laughs> so <laughs> which is true. We're, just, we're like a drink and a half from being that guy that was in that thing. <laughs> Right. So anyway, he's going to be one of the pilots of the those guys, and huh. so that's okay. We yeah, have I'm a helmet right on. With that. We have aesthetics or something on. Right. But look at how. Um, but look at how Abrams used Simon Pegg in Star Wars, where right. he was filmed on the set. You knew he was in it, but then he was under a, a bodysuit, and he was not distracting from the viewing. Just like a lot of the cameos in that film. That's what I want. I don't yeah. mind eccentric. Uh, I don't mind eccentric actors in these things. I don't mind character actors in them. I want them. Kurt Russell is perfect for, for that movie. That's fine. I don't want my Stallone. Uh, no, he doesn't have the the self aware sense of humor that Kurt uh, Russell has about that kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, that's a thing. Uh, but Ghostbusters. Let's talk about Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. What Everyone hates on this. Everyone hates on that trailer. You hate <clears throat> on that trailer. I did initially. The the first trailer that came out, I was hating upon it. I don't know, man. Uh, my, I like honestly I like my them and I like the idea. Biggest problem with it at this point right now is they have been completely unclear as to whether this is a sequel, a reboot, a remake, what the hell this movie's supposed to be. And that and I think a lot of that has to do with the, but I think that's a classic, you know, mark the marketing department screwing up when they're doing the trailers because right. I, I think you can point to, especially the, well, I haven't seen the international one, but when they produce the full trailer and it starts with that, you know, 20 years ago, 20, 30, 30. let's yeah. be vague, 30 years ago, uh, you know, four scientists, no, they weren't <laughs> same right. city. May or may not be in this universe, <laughs> and so it's going to happen again. Talking to the audience, talking to the characters, don't know. Right. So anyway, then we get, and also they blended the personalities and the affectations of the characters into the new actors, right? Right. So they're Which not makes all it the feel same like a reboot and not a uh, oh well, these are new people. I think it's a reboot. It's not like they they're they're inventing stuff. So there's no way that this is. In the same why? Universe. Why did they decide to go that route? It doesn't make sense to is me. Is that a problem? It you is, think that's a problem? It is for me. I think I would have liked it better had it been a sequel to it where, like, okay, 30 years later, they're having ghost problems again. And these people are like, oh, you remember that ghost, thing ghost that happened problems. when we were children? And we find this, this crusty old trap and figure out how it worked. And I don't know. To me, that would have been a little more appealing in a lot of ways. 
Well, I think that the script that was going around when Ackroyd was still uh, yakking up about it well, didn't wasn't the idea behind that one that it was going to be an all female cast and they were like the second generation, something and like that. that. Ackroyd and them were going to be the elders passing on the torch and all that. And I have to say. Uh, Crystal Skull was a good reminder of how the passing <laughs> of the torch often doesn't work well. Right, absolutely. Right? Yeah. It, all it makes you do is want the, the senior one to keep going. Right, and that's right? very true. They never, they never match up. You don't put them together and try to... Well, you don't cast Shia you. LaBeouf in it either if you're going that route. <laughs> yeah. Although I didn't mind him in the movie, I just didn't buy him as the next generation of... Exactly. Uh, although, although those those rumors that... Uh, that Chris Pratt has been taking meetings about being an Indiana Jones character. I would just, you know, I would just buy the ticket now. Yeah, I'm 100% behind that option. <laughs> you know, Harrison Ford has never been a, you know, tell, crack a joke unless he was character was and it wasn't funny. Right. But he definitely had a, a humble, self-effacing uh, sort of presence in that film where just like he did a little bit with Han Solo, but especially yeah. with Indiana Jones, where he's sort of confident swaggery but then screwed up like you know the, you know how Harrison Ford's most the most acting he does is his eyes and a quiver mouth well right. you know there it was right yeah snakes you know like his his it was always the look you know when things didn't work out and he's like oh <laughs> I gotta think up right? right I think Chris could carry the tradition just fine Endorsed by this podcast yes Robot Kraken approves you know. of Chris Pratt <laughs> in did anything you, uh, did you, yeah right. did you see Jurassic yet no I have not so go see that. We'll put it in a future uh, thing. We'll talk about it for. Okay, I'll a go to my time. my fourth run theater here in Pocatello, Idaho, and watch that. <laughs> oh, you, can, you might be able to get it off someone's server. Just saying. So also, it's a really mixed bag, but I did enjoy it. Well, and it's got uh, somebody else I like the the actress in it, who's uh, Br- uh, Bryce. Yes, Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, I really like her a lot. She got, I mean, I, you know, I saw it so late after they had come and gone and made all the money and everyone talked about it and I heard all about how she was running in heels and right. how outrageous it was given. And especially given that I just tore my spine in half, twisting myself on some gravel, you know, <laughs> I think I'm very sensitive to the You're idea. Like, that un- oh no, a gentle rolling rise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I have to say it wasn't like it, it didn't jump out at me. Then again, that could be you know, a, a male watching a movie and you're kind of patterned by culture to, ex- to not ask questions when a, a female character is running around in a skirt and heels, right? We've trained right. that way. And then, you know, uh, a woman might look at that and say, that's insane. I would never do that. Well, right? you know, the thing about that too, is depending on the heels, if it's one of those where you have to like stop and unbuckle something, if you're being chased, you don't stop to do that. And no, that's true. Realistically, if you're running fast, you're running on the balls of your feet anyway. What Stopping those, would be uh, an issue. The, <laughs> what about those ones from the eighties where the 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 commercial was like, uh, <clears throat> looks like a bump, feels like a sneaker? What were those? Oh God! Remember, and the women are playing basketball <clears throat> and they have like right. three, those those like uh, working at a hospital three inch heels. Yeah, the basketball in heels is to- totally unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> What I did, what I will say is, I did expect her to lose a heel right away. Like I don't, right. I, I don't, I'm not surprised she didn't take them off. Although I've seen that in movies in recent years, and it's a very, it's a very knowing thing that they're very deliberate thing that the character right. does to kind of 
say, okay, we're going to be more realistic, and they kick the they kick the shoes off and and they die hard it right right. Uh, it, in this case, I was expecting I, I didn't see her having her character having time to ever take off her shoes because it was always like if she's going to run, it's because something's exploding exactly but, or or whatever chasing her. But the but I would expect shoes to fall off and her to twist the heel or to fall because yeah. of that. Right. And that never happens. She does just haul, haul butt all the way. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, for six hours and 55 minutes more when you see it. Absolutely. Uh, but Ghostbusters, anyway. So your hate, I think, is not well founded. Um, I disagree <laughs> with you entirely on everything you said. I think as a remake, it's going to be a reboot, it's going to be fine. But it, but I like those uh, actresses very, very well. See, I like that's... them in all of them. My other concern there, like, I really like um, Leslie Jones. I think she's great. And I like what I've seen of Melissa McCarthy, but part of my problem is that I have not seen any movie with her in. This is an example of what I was saying before we started recording, that there's you have a, a depth of knowledge that's, that's amazing on certain things, and then you're... You're a blank slate on other stuff that I don't understand. Yeah, How strangely, Melissa McCarthy has been in zero low-budget horror films. <laughs> <laughs> That's a point. A good point. She was in. Uh, she was in. Um, uh, what's this one that my wife and I always watched with uh, Lorelai and uh, the Gilmore's Gilmore Girls? She was in that. That's kind of a horror film. Low, low budget horror film. Some ways, maybe. I can honestly Possibly. say I've never seen an seen an episode of the television horror film Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Best thing about Gilmore Girls was that Grant Lee Phillips of Grant Lee Buffalo just randomly appeared. You know him? Do you know the? Yeah, that, I know that of music? him. I need yeah. to send you that. He just randomly showed up in town with one of those like one man band things on him or something. And he was like, they just called him the troubadour. Nice. He just wandered around playing music in between scenes. It was not explained. Okay. It's be- obviously the production liked him and he just showed up one day and they just put him in. But for a fan of his music, I was like, hey, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> Too many martinis is happening to me. That does but, not uh, sound like worth watching an entire series for. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so anyway so uh gilmore girls gilmore girls ghostbusters yes and honestly my, my largest problem is i have such a like unreasonable distaste for the modern saturday night live crew i see and so i have a problem with that but for some reason i inexplicably love kate mckinnon like in everything. That is strange. Yeah. Because she owns Saturday Night Live. She's amazing. Yeah. So you just basically subsist on the on the uh, the, the, the YouTube videos that are cut from Saturday Night Live where it's just something that she's done? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, She's absolutely amazing. And it's her crazy eyes. Yeah. It's her and funny little her, like that, that batshit smile that she does, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my favorite thing she does, I, I, Saturday Night Live is... It's going through a rough patch. It's the farm team. I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's a sports analogy, by the way. <laughs> told us the farm oh, is that, team. Is that what the team is? Is that okay. It's a soccer reference <laughs> when they get to the Super Bowl and someone gets like a bloody card or something. <laughs> and then it's a farm team. That's a dirty pair reference right there. A bloody card. I always would yell that when we were watching World Cup. My buddy Carl and I would be like, bloody card. And he's like, 
What are you talking about? So <laughs> three <okay>. points. <laughs> anyway, my favorite thing. It's a tough season, or it's a tough. I don't know. Series of seasons. It's a. It's cast been like a has, tough decade, dude. <laughs> yeah, it has. But you know what? Uh, it really, ever since Tina Fey left, it's really struggled. But and I will say exactly it. Yeah. But I will say that um, it's had its moments, and the thing is, when you commit to watching it, which for some reason I do, mm-hmm. when you get those moments, it's sort of like, you know, I don't know. In my mind, it's I wanted to use a, a, a an analogy that would would require that I cuss and then slap myself. But so instead, I'll just say it's like when you're you see the old men, roughly my age bent over using the metal detector on the beach and then they find a ring right that's what it's like and it's always Aiden McKinnon <laughs> yeah but you know the joke. thing about that too is then it takes him 17 hours to dig that ring up because their their episodes they're like oh this is a oh this this skit is fantastic and then they're like but we're gonna make it go on for five minutes longer than it needs to oh it's terrible that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast ranting about that. But I will say favorite thing that she does on that is she's a recurring guest on the on the news desk and she plays a a rural Russian woman. Are we talking about any of those? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen and any she, of those ones. Okay, I'll I'll send you some of them because they're amazing. Like she's come on to comment on the comet that was seen going overhead. Oh and, nice. Or like you know, what's a, 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 a bread shortage or so whatever it was that was in the news uh, that was happening in Russia that was terrible, and then she would be brought on to talk about it, and she would just take it somewhere. <laughs> it was just so crazy, involving wolves and just uh, it was terrible. That's so awesome. Leslie Jones, in fact, when she first got in front of the screen because she was you know it, she kind of slipped in there. She finally right. got her chance, and you know whatever she kind of broke out, but. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about her. And she broke character a couple of times and mm-hmm. was just struggling with the live nature of the show. Right. But she's she, you know, she's also come to I come into her own on that news uh, portion hmm. because she she comes on to give romance advice. And then she's just extremely intense and crazy. And, <laughs> and she's like trying to like hit on the, the one of the hosts and then. And then and then she's done this thing where she keeps veering into like talking about how she would like go to town on Leo DiCaprio and she starts talking into the camera about how she would go on a date. This is what I do to you, Leo. And she's and she gets really intense and it gets really weird. So then when they did that thing for the Oscars, right, where they recast that segment that they did, I didn't actually watch the Oscars, but I saw this part. They they showed the best picture nominees mm-hmm. clips but then they replaced all the actors with black actors to make a point oh that's right? hilarious and so so in <laughs> in uh in revenant little DiCaprio is being like tackled and attacked and then he's not being attacked by a bear he's being attacked by leslie jones oh no so I, oh that's at first terrible. Like, i don't know but then i realized she's <laughs> her entire thing is ravaging little DiCaprio, so it kind of made sense that's pretty awesome Edit this out or not, I don't know. But so, <laughs> and that was uh, Tom like Saturday Night Live, everybody. Maybe so. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters. Someone, someone had like six shooter. Uh, uh, yeah, that was McKinnon. Yeah. What are those devices again? The, uh, uh, the uh, oh my god. <sighs> this is the robot Kraken Vega. Yeah, the Vega Dex Seven. What are they called? <laughs> How the fuck? Trans something. How the heck? No. Uh, uh, Imdaba. Don't cross the street. Imdaba don't doesn't immediately tell you what. They don't tell you who plays the part of the guns. 
I think like the last time we recorded, I was complaining about how CSI used to have this thing where they had instant databases for anything. And they would find like a bumper and then he would look it up and like, I found it in the red bumper database. It's a 79 Camaro, right? (laughs) So my my kids think Google's like that. My son this morning was like, what's that? Proton Proton pack. pack. So my son this morning said, can you ask Google? No, he goes, ask, he said, ask Siri if there are any brown Autobots. <laughs> I'm not, not going to ask Siri that. It's going to come back. With, That's oh, a three-year-old see. problem right there. It really does. Because he has a brown Decepticon and he wanted a brown Autobot. And, it, awesome. and, then, and then my daughter it keeps asking me really weird stuff like that too. Like, can you please ask Google? Look it up. She'll say something to me randomly. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't think all I don't think all fairies would have to wear shoes. And I said, like, well, maybe they do. So why don't you ask Google? So do you ask? No, I don't. You should ask, dude. I want to know the answer now. I just tapity tap tap and say no. <laughs> you know? I'm I'm totally asking now. Proton. Siri, are there any brown Autobots? <laughs> we found three in your three in your neighborhood. She says I have to turn on location services. Need <laughs> <laughs> location services to find brown Autobots. <laughs> edit this out there's like there's a brown auto body service 0.3 miles away <laughs> so wrong it's brown wrong auto body <laughs> the important point here is that they've done something different with the proton yeah it's proton it's much more compact pass. apparently yeah yeah so anyway it's going to be exciting uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. You're going to be proven wrong. You're going to find it's delightful. I, I'm and then not... <laughs> we're going to have a thing where you're going to tell me all about it. How great it was. I, and it, you're going to say, I actually was really excited about it, and it was really amazing. I'm not down it. on it. I'm just not excited about it. You're either with us or against us. I am not afraid of no ghost. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's something I am afraid of. I've only seen two images of antagonists in that film, and they both were hot garbage. So one was yeah. the was the ghost in the logo, but with like, like we've seen them in like yeah, the toy the promos, f- right? What the heck is it's up like, with that? It's like he's been stretched and he's kind of dumpy looking, and oh, he has like so weird, stupid. And I guess his name's like, Roland or something like that. He's puffy and has loose fabric, like some sort of character from the '30s. Yeah, right. And then uh, and then also there's some sort of like weird Hellmouth demon. I don't yeah. know what that is either. Yeah, I'm more seen okay in... with the Hellmouth demon than Roland the logo ghost. <laughs> <Roland>. <laughs> there's got to be a reason for Roland. One more thing though, <laughs> Leslie Jones. At first I thought she was just Eddie uh Monster? Uh, Eddie no, Monster. No, Eddie 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 Eddie. What's what's the actor's name? His character <laughs> in the original Ghostbusters. <laughs> All right, if you're not going to imp the ball, I'm going to imp the ball. How can you leave me hanging? I'm not the only one with the internet access, sir. You can summon imp the yourself. Oh, gosh. And then I, I go to imp the and, of course, it's the new Ghostbusters, which is not acceptable. It's a little early for that. Oh. I just wanted you to continue struggling oh, with his name. Ernie Hudson is oh, his name. And Ernie Hudson. When I say Eddie, that's how I feel myself off. So, okay, so here's the thing. I thought that she was just his... His analog, which I thought was a little a little suspect in the modern era, yeah, it was a little on the nose, yeah, yeah. That said, I've I've read that I read apparently, comma, uh, Leslie Jones's character may work in the subway, but she's actually a, a either amateur or at night a New York historian. So there's some oh. 
they're bringing something that she, you know, that she has a unique perspective on the city that's going to help them with their craziness. It's so, also a, a sad commentary on my wife's history degree that historians have to work as the subway toll taker too. <laughs> yeah, it's a little iffy. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But at the same time, I don't know. It's nothing totally says, accurate. <laughs> nothing says New York, you know, uh, recent New York history like working in the subway. Right. right. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. like the thing that. I guess maybe the thing that really bothers me about this is the fact that they have so many people from the original movie in it. Yeah, I don't like when they tell you in advance. Yeah, and, you know, like, I'm I'm down with, like, some interesting, unexpected cameos. But when it's a reboot in particular, like, if those characters are playing other, like, wink, wink, nod, nod roles. Right. I'd prefer to not know about it ahead of time. Well, that's the thing. He told he, they released it in advance, like they figured they were going to come out ahead of the of the of the spoilers, and, right. and they spoiled themselves, and that's not great. Yeah. So, hmm, I have a thing, and I'm not sure whether it's well, it's like a recommendation. It's not a review. It's kind of a news. <laughs> not something I'm looking forward to because I already here's here it is. Spit it out, here's Ringo. What's here's what here's what's happening. <laughs> You're translucent enough that I see the blue liquid go down your throat when you drink it. So don't call me a gringo. So here's, here's the thing I want to tell you about. It's a, it's a podcast that you're going to like. And I think that all, well, six of our seven listeners would love it. It's called, uh, it's called script notes. Have you listened to this? I have not. John August and Craig Mazin or Mazin, Mazin, Mazin. Oh, it's terrible. (laughs) Mazin. Of course it's Mazin. So anyway, it's, uh, it's, you can get it on iTunes what it is they're screenwriters and it's a podcast oriented around the screenwriters experience and i don't mean the coen brothers screenwriters experience where they're you know fomenting a communist revolution i'm talking about just (laughs) writing about writing or or talking about writing for movies and tv the craft it's about the craft um okay and it's largely oriented towards people who are either aspiring or professional screenwriters. But at the same time, it's really interesting, even if you're not. Interesting. People like you and me that write, but we're not screenwriters. It's right. fantastic. So John August, the one who, you know, he he's like your role on our podcast, right? He's the one who really organizes it and makes it happen and <laughs> archives it, puts it on the site, and then... And then is drunk then by the Craig time it is happens. My role. <laughs> right, and then Craig is my role. It's just kind of hot mess that rolls in and out of the thing. <laughs> it's not really true. So uh, August, uh, he wrote movies that I really liked. He, he wrote uh, he wrote Go and Big Fish. Oh. Uh, he wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Corpse so Bride, wrote... Frank and Winnie. So he's one of the, the Tim Burton guys. Right, right. Hmm. He also was involved with Titan, Titan AE, which I didn't see. Hmm. And uh, he wrote Charlie's Angels, which I don't know. It, my memory is so clouded whether the script was any good. But um, but anyway, I he's very – I there actually being about. a script on that. But <laughs> <laughs> So I'm trying to recommend this podcast, OK? Um, and, then, and then Craig wrote Hangover, the Hangover film, Scary Movie, um, and, and some other projects. But also what's really interesting is he was at one point a roommate of Ted Cruz. So that's interesting. The podcast is amazing because they're they're speaking from a a wealth of experience. And it's very interesting if you write, which I know you do and I do. Um, But also sometimes he'll just throw in stuff like he's basically made a a side career out of uh, lambasting Ted Cruz like on Twitter. (laughs) So it's hilarious because he knows it because he lives with the guy. 
Interesting. So, um, anyway, it's a great it's a great podcast, and they talk about a, a bunch of different stuff. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up was they recently had one two weeks ago. Everything they everything they do is archived. Uh, you can download it. You can read full transcripts of it. Oh, hint, nice. Chris, hint. And then also they they managed to make <laughs> cuts. They've made like uh, little bookmarks in the podcast that you can jump to. Hint, <laughs> Chris. I don't know how they did it, but it's great. Anyway, I'd like to point out that these people clearly have more time on their hands or somebody helping them than I do. (laughs) These are screenwriters. They don't have any time. I don't know how he he does it. So two weeks ago, they did one that was kind of coming back to their roots, which was talking about some of the fundamentals of screenwriting. And they were referencing another document that someone had written that was talking about. um, They were talking about um, what was important in you know, basic elements of screenwriting that were important in te- to to tell a story convincingly. And it was about, and they, they phrased it like, you know, do I buy it or not, right? Hmm. And they're talking about reading scripts. They're reading the script. And long before it becomes a movie, they're talking about, well, does this have legs or not? Do I buy the character and what they're doing? Interesting. And it was just really interesting to listen to them talk about it because, you know, you and I have been writing for a long time, but... I, I don't know about you. I've used some of that software before, this terrible software oh, that tries yeah. to get you to break stuff down in, in horrible fashion and you don't learn anything from it. But they were talking about stuff like believability, about you have to understand, you have to, you have to believe the uh, motivations of the character. The character has to have them in the first place. There has right. to be some surprise in the delivery and some suspense. You have to know where you're ending when you start, right? So mm-hmm. that the script um, as an overall package makes sense. And everything they were describing was really intelligent. I, I totally got it. I agreed with it. And then I was, as I, I was listening, I thought, and the Coen brothers routinely do none of these things. <laughs> so it's really interesting when you, when you get a chance, you, and I'll send you a, a direct link to this, but when yeah, you I'll listen to, to that, asked him, particularly that episode, um, it's funny because you can imagine, I mean, certainly a lot of it applied to their more linear projects that did well i'm sure yeah it doesn't apply to projects like hail caesar that have not done well hail caesar broke almost every rule of screenwriting that they talked about absolutely which i thought was interesting. um and and why i think fans of the coen brothers love the film and people who like movies were struggling with it right, right. so anyway that's my pitch for uh for the uh the script notes podcast it's it's pretty great i like it right on we'll have to check that out cool so anyway that's it. That's, there's some news for you. Any well, more news? That, that actually brings us to a solid spot to to end this episode of Robot Kraken, actually. Once again, part one is just the, the warm-up to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and this was Tom, and, and now Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Robot Kraken. If you'd like to get a hold of Tom, how can they get a hold of you, sir? Passenger Pigeon is the first one. Uh, America Online. Oh my! I don't. I don't have. I never had one of. <laughs> I had a lot of the discs, but I never had an account. I'm one of those guys. How does passenger pigeon but, uh, work exactly? Because don't you have to have a pigeon that was raised in your like in your house for them to be able to send you a message? That's a very good point. I don't know. I know. I know carrier pigeons went extinct, right? And then passenger pigeons were the thing. I, I think Is that right. I think they're both extinct now at this point, but I'm not sure. 
about a five on the Robot Kraken uh, vague index. <laughs> the point, though, is that if you have meat, if you have meat out on the counter, the, the passenger pigeon will come to your house. That's how oh, that works. I, I think those are just called crows, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a good 10 minutes this morning trying to convince my son that the crow that was in our front driveway was dancing to Gundam style. <laughs> and he almost was willing to accept it. And at the last minute, he's like, oh, maybe he's just walking. I'm like, no, clearly he's dancing to it. You brought that You're up because that's your ringtone that on your phone. And <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they can reach me at Tom with an H at thirdraildesignlab.com. They can also go and, to robot-kraken.com or send us right, an email. Salty at Robot Kraken if you want to email us. That's right. What about the Twitter handle that you haven't created for this podcast? Well, that Twitter handle will be <laughs> Big Mama this... Trucker. <laughs> no, no, no. Tom's Gungan style. <laughs> Chris was wrong about Ghostbusters. Hashtag. So... <laughs> What's what's your Twitter feed? I I'm I'm TRDL. I'm a hash TRDL because I can be. Are you what at you? TRDL or are you hash? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Hash TRDL is what they all say about me, <laughs> and at TRDL it's where they send it. See, and I prefer corned beef and hash. Actually, I like mm-hmm. my hash at the end. <laughs> I understand. That's what you did. Uh, my my Twitter cool. handle would be deeply dapper. You can also go to deeplydapper.com if you'd like to stream the show directly, or you can go to robot-kraken.com and follow the linkage. You know, the thing about Twitter is that uh, I don't have a very uh, robust uh, Twitter feed because I only follow like five people, you <laughs> and uh, and me, or whatever, I don't know, and a few others. But one of the ones I do follow, they, they, recru- they, they, uh, they just tweet headlines from turn of the century newspapers oh nice very old newspapers and so i have this it's just this running string of really strange things and then you saying you know i'm making more soaps and then more (laughs) weird stuff than me we're gonna we're gonna record a thing and uh uh yesterday it was talking about how it it said it was like you saying ah what was it maybe it wasn't yesterday at some point you were talking about something very very routine for deeply dapper i don't remember what it was and then the next thing was (laughs) <laughs> there are Cherokee. There are. There's a small party of Cherokee wandering down Main Street, and they have blowguns. 1887. That's awesome. And I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> that's really fantastic. <laughs> Man, so someone has a cooler life than me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. In 1887. So that was about it. Well, all right. Uh, I guess we will bring this episode of Robot Kraken to a close. We'll put him what back into his cell. Till we decide to release the <laughs> Don't read the actual show notes while we're talking about this. <laughs> this is not the type of show where we use the show notes. <laughs> talking about dot 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 strawberry shortcake. <laughs> have you seen that newer that newer cartoon of that? Is terrible. No, I have not seen it. The portions are all wacky. I don't know why you haven't seen it, but <laughs> it has a lot to do with me not having a young daughter. <laughs> I was going to say, if you did watch it, you didn't have a young daughter. There'd be some problems. Yeah, there the, might uh, be. the FBI would be contacting you shortly if they're not already. <laughs> Strawberry shortcake. How both of us are broken. Yes. So you wrote there. You wrote that in our clothes. Yes. 
That's what we're talking about on the next episode is how both of us are broken. <laughs> all right. So that's all for this episode, right? Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, bye. We'll be back next week. <laughs> all right. Three minutes from now. Yes.